When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm here with Kyle, Mike, and Ben. I'm Jordan. We are the OG squad, and we've been busy. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about some of the things we've been driving, which is never in short supply. Um, ben, I heard some rumors about a GT2 RS. <laughs> yes, I had the pleasure of driving a Porsche GT2 RS about a mile and a half at best. What year far. was it? 2020? Uh, 2021? No it's idea. a 991. check. Yeah, yeah, 991.2. Um, uh, it could have been a 19, maybe, probably 19, most likely. Um, but uh, my only takeaway from it, other than it's an absurdly cool thing with lots of wings and carbon and uh, red Alcantara headliner and steering wheel, I don't like uh, the is, it. It's a look. It's a it's an aesthetic choice to say the least. But carbon bucket seats always loving. But can you spec a GT2 without the red? Because I've only ever seen them in red interior. I've only seen two. Yeah. <laughs> so like I have a sample size that's pretty small. Um, but both but had they, red? Yes. Well, no, I think one was black. One was black. Oh, okay. One was so all black, everything. You can't. Um, the red headliners a lot. If you pay enough money, Porsche will let you do whatever you want. That's true. They will. Um, true. I expect the, this icon to like 300 grand, so... Ooh, that's a good that's a heavy options build uh, i didn't know you could go up above like 250 i, I think it was like 260 something but you know round up inflation i don't know yeah yeah some taxes and whatnot it's the tax uh, credit think of the fuel savings yeah. <laughs> exactly that's how you appeal to that buyer i think is spending one hundred and seventy thousand dollars on a car seventy five hundred dollars tax credit boom so, so do you want a gt2 rs now uh, I do because mostly due to the drive mode choices of this vehicle. Is it? Is, I, I was going to ask: Has anyone been in one and seen the drive modes available to the driver? I have not. 
How many, how, how many do you think it has? How many different drive modes? Well, I would hope it would have zero and it's just Sport Plus all the time because it's GT2, but I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, <laughs> no, finally, mode. someone got this correct. It should just yes. be in Sport Plus all the time. It's It has no drive mode, so that means you have your exhaust button. You've got a traction off ESP and traction off combination button. And then there's PDK Sport, just to put it in like Sport automatic shifting if you want it to be, if you're not in manual, essentially. But that's it. No dial on the thing, no sport comfort, normal Was sport class individual. I did not explore the limits of this vehicle's capability. I should, I should specify <laughs> that it, could be really dangerous if you did. Yes, it feels fast, and there's no doubt it's fast. I don't <laughs> think anyone's questioning that aspect of it. <laughs> Sounds like a car I could road trip around the country. Yeah. Awesome. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can do the wingless thing, which is cool. People are mm. doing that now where they take the wings off of them and they just put the little finisher on the uh, rear ducktail spoiler. And it's like ultimate, I don't want to call it a sleeper, but kind of. I mean, it's, it looks cool. That thing is just insane, isn't it? I mean, it is about the most aggressive, hardcore Volkswagen Beetle you can spec. <laughs> it's the <laughs> fastest Beetle they make, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Like it looks ridiculous, carbon everywhere. You can have magnesium wheels that are like 50 grand or something, I think. Um, I've heard from some owners that, that certain dealers will not service them or put tires on them because they're afraid of the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, interesting. So, uh, enough about your polluting car. So, Mike, mm -hmm. I saw you uh, make a poll on Twitter about. I did some electric cars that I called you right after because I was very intrigued. And for those of you who don't know, Mike owns a Mini Cooper SE of which he could sell very close to sticker and bag the tax credit. So what, what are you going to buy now? Because that's what you just got to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is definitely a possibility. And as to what I'm going to buy, I don't know. I changed my mind a lot as to what the next car might be. Yep. Uh, you have since I met you like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I have a new car almost every year, I feel like, if not more. <laughs> no, you used to get a new car every three months. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the last car I owned for a year or more oh, might have been my last Mini. Yeah. Actually. The Volvo, right? That was a year. I don't think uh, I, I don't had think that it quite a got service. It had an oil change, which yeah, is but unusual. I, think I, put, I put a lot of miles in the Volvo. I actually drove that to Connecticut twice. Um, From North Carolina. Yeah, from North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, when I moved here is when I bought the Volvo and sold my wow. first Tesla. But anyway, as far as what I'm thinking about buying, well, the Ionic Five is obviously on the list. And then I was like, oh, the EV6 gets kind of like a cooler interior. Like I might be a little nicer, maybe the interior. I like the black bezel around the screens more than the white. But the Ionic Five looks way cooler on the outside. Uh, though after seeing an EV6 in person, I thought it actually looked pretty good compared to what the photos show. What color did you see the EV6 in? Uh, yacht blue. Oh, so yeah. I saw a silver one today when we were live streaming with the Maverick. And it, uh, I've been going back and forth. It doesn't look good. I think the darker colors were because we, Ben and I saw Black it was black okay. Blue. Yeah, black, black looked good. pretty good. Um, but I don't know. And then I like, I always go back to Polestar too, because I like Volvos and Polestar is very Volvo-y. And you're you such a Polestar guy. You're not so. road tripping this thing. You're not going to get the benefit oh, of the 800 volt tech. Polestar already has insane thermal management when you drive it hard. And you can option the new track mode software to do like actual oversteer on the rear axle. 
Yeah, I know. And that's another thing. When I was looking, I'm like, man, you can just get the performance pack because they're going to have that over-the-air update that you can get. And then you have way more horsepower and basically like a Tesla-ish kind of style track mode. So, Wait, did I miss something? About what? Polestar? It's like track mode yeah, for it's Polestar? Like a it's not... I don't think like it's a software. mode, is it? It just makes it more aggressive to the rear. It's it not oversteer. So, 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 Ben, remember Can when... I slide it? That's my only question. Yes, you can now <laughs> yes, slide it. Yes, you should it. be able to. Yeah. On pavement? Yes. Sold. <laughs> Buy it now. Ooh, I'm interested. I mean, at least that it will like... neutralize it. Okay, well. It's we'll a little have to tougher, test it. But sure. No, but I it's, think you yeah, probably can yeah. slide it. You used to be able to chuck it into a corner, get it sideways. You know, with even with ESC Sport, it lets you have your fun. And then when you'd go mm -hmm. throttle, it was 50, 50, 150 kilowatts each. So 400 and something horsepower. Um, and so it would just kind of like, yeah, feels just so awkward. And when you come out of a corner without opposite lock being induced, you just understeer because the rear isn't helping. Now all of the extra performance is exclusively on the back. Mm-hmm. So this that's all you deal. need. It's, it's, it's exactly deal. when I reviewed that car, I said, it's perfect. Give me another 50 horsepower on the back axle. I don't know what the number is, but they gave me some. And to those who did nice. see my poll and vote on it, uh, thank you. I think it already, it almost has 800 votes, first of all. And I am really sorry for leaving out the Mach-E. I did not mean oh, to. Are you feeling are the you wrath though? of Maki owners? <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of people who said, "Oh, Maki, the Consumer Reports most recommended car." Oh Mach -E. God, you got to be kidding me! You got to okay. You just need. So to I was say like, "I'm sorry, I did not mean to leave it out," and I knew I was forgetting <laughs> one. But we were kind of talking about it at work, and it just slipped my mind. Like that's the only reason those cars were on it that were on it because those were over discussion. It's a good car. It just has not good thermal management and terrible brake feel, which are two things you would need in an EV. Yeah, and I agree. The brake feel yeah. one for sure. Like everyone seems to write about that, and I trust your review of it. More well, you than shouldn't, anybody's. according to Maki owners, it's not accurate. <laughs> but <laughs> actually, no. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, the brakes are weird," and the Maverick kind of has this weird brake strategy too. But I always go back to the Polestar too, and that's more than likely going to be the one that I would end up buying out of that poll uh, in I, reality. I love Polestar too. I saw one in Dallas. Um, a couple days ago with Colorado plates, and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can road trip them, Jordan. They are very How did they get them from Colorado to Dallas? Because you can't go to Amarillo, I don't think, on one charge. Maybe, but it's not very efficient. I don't know. It could Hyper be a front-wheel drive one. They get <laughs> slightly better range, so I don't know what how what the distance is, but maybe they could be very efficient. I don't know. Have you driven a front-wheel drive one? No. I, I don't know, know if no I interest. want to. <laughs> Kyle doesn't drive front-wheel drive EVs. If on. they just made it a rear-wheel drive one, I would just buy that. But This no. is the most frustrating thing to me. No one else cares. Everyone else like, oh, front-wheel drive is fine, but I totally disagree. I strongly care about it. But I also wish the Mini was rear-wheel drive. Like that would have been not, I mean, I know that's the opposite of Mini's whole, like, historic situation. But, like, eh, I don't care. It would be more fun. I just want a dual motor Mini Cooper SE with 600 horsepower. Like, yeah, why is the car And it can still be 35 kilowatt hours. GT. That's fine. And they're going to fix them. We have a 20 minute timer, so it's just going to happen all show. Um, right. Yeah, the lights in this building. Every, everything <laughs> is amazing about this building in our office. We love it. The people are great. The lights <laughs> suck. They keep turning off. We can't figure out how to keep them on. I've asked everyone. No one knows. What about a ceiling fan? 
or an oscillating um, fan that would move. Yeah, so we, we need to just have Ellie over there and send her some treats yeah. she'll wag her tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, we'll get to the Chicago Auto Show and stuff, Kyle, in Michigan later. But I wanted to briefly mention we had the GMC Canyon. Is that what it's called? <laughs> the truck you that always know what is it's called the car it, we it, reviewed. Yeah, the, the Canyon the, is the Colorado, basically. It always escapes my mind that it exists until I see one. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a good. Ford. Uh, <laughs> uh, we did have a close call and i had some ptsd because we were on the highway on the way to the airport for no, me and Kyle I to fly out ptsd <laughs> <laughs> and a, a car nearly ran us off the highway um uh, of course wow you guys yeah. are like magnets over there yeah yeah well timon was driving he's like i got it and he wasn't braking <laughs> it was like this close I was, I was like, ah, there's an Audi in our lane with us. It was kind of <laughs> freaky. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kyle, what would you think of that truck? Uh, nice truck, no towing pack, which I thought was interesting. Don't send mm. pickup trucks here without towing receivers on them, in my opinion. So I thought that was a little bit of a shame. Uh, if a Ford Maverick can come with a tow hitch, your GMC Canyon AT4 can. I thought it was interesting spec because it was all off-roady. So it was max off-road for the canyon and perhaps they didn't spec the trailer hitch for better break or departure angle uh, could be something i would think of so it had the factory installed leveling kit raises the front up a little bit which i thought was interesting nice it's not factory installed dealer installed it also had the dealer installed running boards that weren't running boards they're rock sliders it had <laughs> different wheels. It had, I mean, it looked really chunky. The thing looked amazing. Do we have a picture yeah. of it anywhere, Jordan? I, don't I know. think you post. Did you post a picture on yeah, Twitter? On I thought Twitter, you had it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, the engine was the 3.6 liter V6 with eight gears, and it just loves to rev. You just need to sit at 7,000 RPM for the thing to move up here at altitude. It's a little choked. But I thought it drove great. It was an unbelievably quiet on the highway like you know compared to a ford ranger this is a much better road tripping car in my opinion uh and we had both the off-roading versions of each uh recently so really really enjoyed it did not like the red was that a no fault of the car or was this like an actual press car yeah it was a media media car okay i was curious a lot of rental the only reason i ask is a lot of rental spec trucks like that do not get tow hitches because they don't want you towing with them Interesting. <laughs> so I, I, judging by that picture i'm like i couldn't tell like if it was like a hertz car or something yeah well it wasn't was the most funny. exciting thing we've ever driven or reviewed but it was an interesting experience to see where they're at it felt very old school it had a physical key it you is, had to yeah. put in and it, it just feels like it's due for an update with all the new gm stuff and the new frontier i mean the new frontier felt that Smokes way it. for a long time so Smokes and it. now eh, i'd be hard-pressed not to buy a new frontier to be honest so. i would buy a frontier over at tacoma personally especially yeah i you think know, i after, probably would they look so good they drive they so do well. look nice and it, there's nothing wrong with this i mean look if you're going in your no, truck all. they're hard to get it's it's fine it's going to be and reliable. They're really really reliable yeah they've proven themselves it just didn't do anything for me like, what's the yeah, use of a truck without a trailer hitch? It was just a weird spec. And now, it, does know. it seem odd that General Motors is admitting that it's not level by offering a leveling kit? I find it's, that I think, funny. Why not just? I think, I think it's think because it, it's not a towing truck. So normally they would have front rake so you can load it, and it, then it sits even with payload. Yeah, but everyone levels their truck these days. So well, you and North Carolina really yeah. level your truck <laughs> in the wrong way. 
Well, they take that level and they just get six of them. They stack it in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Double up, triple up. Look, I don't mind a little bit of a squat. I like the way when it sags a little bit in the rear. I think it looks good, but we're talking one or two degrees, not <laughs> staring at the moon. Oh, I met someone, believe it or not, who had a squatted truck. Really? Were they cool? Huh? Were they cool? Uh, not, not particularly, but for one reason they were. Uh, they had gone through the effort of leveling their headlights to oh, work pass. with the squat, Great. which was automatically cool, I thought. Yep. I Re disagreed with about everything that was happening there. However, it was not impacting other road users negatively. Exactly. They did the it without the detriment to everyone else. Well, exactly. unless someone's in front of you and you don't see them and run them over. <laughs> well, pedestrians aside, <laughs> at least other road users are, you know, cared for. He's like, I'm, he said, I'm not some idiot. I, I leveled the headlights. And I was like, oh, really? I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that before. I love how he prefaced like, that with, I'm not some idiot. Yeah. <laughs> how you know. He did. I, I, was, uh, I, I think he could, well, there's different stages of stupidity, I guess. He, yeah, yeah. He's on that. That's very respectful. Maybe he should have said, I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> right. That's what I would have said, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to but, admit it, but I, I kind of like the squatted truck thing. I think it's funny. It's illegal now, so you yes. don't see them anymore, really. Really? Uh, did they actually enforce them? Like, Wilmington was full of these things. Well, we haven't been to Wilmington I've... since it became illegal, so I don't know. But I've not seen any around Raleigh where we live. You know, I think everyone finally put in the second half their lift kit, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Usually they sell a set of four. I mean, they used to sell you two corners of sign. <laughs> Dang. Well, yeah, let's see. What else did we do? Uh, well, we <laughs> took that to the airport. I could just go in chronological order. Yeah, let's just took, go in chronological took order. Took it to the airport. <laughs> okay. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, took it to the airport, and that's where we went to Chicago. And speaking of Frontier, we were uh, we were there with sort of Nissan, which is mm -hmm. interesting because they were showing. Nissan some... invited us to come look at some trucks they'll never sell to the public. Correct. Oh, uh, like, which I thought was a really like useful. Like Safari Easter egg thing that they do. So it was... They have three special editions of Frontier. Yes. This one yes. is awesome. That That's one's badass. cool. This was that looks like Expedition Overland, except incredible. those roads appear to be paved highways on it. Yes. Which really cool uh, American like <laughs> North American map on it with all these red lines and those are that's definitely the US interstate system and not some sort of like Oregon Trail or something more interesting. <laughs> Why did we not think about this? That's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh so rugged. I just uh, saw South Carolina. I'm like, that's I-95, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yep, we made yep. a joke in our TikTok about how I-25 is the B pillar of this entire truck. Right. So we're the strongest point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was this one and then this one, which was Ooh, like Project 72X, I think cool. they call it or something. Mike, yeah. you want to know a cool thing that you'll appreciate about this truck? This is sitting on the steel for those listening. That's they're, all that you need to know. And it's got like they, retro stripes. They're OEM. Four spare tires from a Frontier painted them white and slapped them on this thing. Nice. That's That was what they did. <laughs> yep. Isn't that awesome? That's, that is isn't that awesome. what Calvin, uh, the Tycon project, uh, manager guy did with his LX. He, I think he told me they're Tundra spare wheels. It's possible. That he yeah, painted funny. the color that they are. That's the way to go. That thing is awesome. That would sell all day if that they would would actually make that package. Why don't they actually sell. do that? Well, they do in other markets because we had that whatever Navarro thing was. 
That was technically still Batches of Frontier. Yep. Oh, what, I, but it was yeah, not the Frontier we get because it was like a, a 2.8 liter four cylinder diesel. Those wheels are awful. This was hard body. I, oh, you don't like, like the it. hard body the, wheels? The wheels no, are I like true, spokes. true to era what they were going after, the original hard body. They designed, engineered, machined, and produced these wheels in-house at Nissan Design America. And they made it wow. sound like that was really exciting. But then I realized, aren't they supposed to be designing the entire car there? <laughs> yeah. they, they, theoretically they do this with all of their wheels <laughs> someone else did no but uh i don't know those ones aren't doing it for me that the last one though the gray with the four by four and the yeah. white steelies yep that one right what's there. what's that one called that, this was that. project 72x which is all based around the old datsun 720 amazing so that was yeah simplicity I really like I would it. Buy yeah, that love it i like that one a lot that's and the spec i would order if i could well, they also unveiled a new color of the Z called Boulder Gray. That's uh, cool. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty good. Best and color. Yeah. Yep. Just saw a bunch Gotta of things there. Of course, we saw the new Bronco Raptor. Um, Chunky. Chunky boy. And then the, the, the Ford's big unveil at the show was the Everglades Bronco, <laughs> which is a just a Bronco boy. with a winch and a uh, snorkel. Wait, but you can't actually. But buy it's green. One. No, you can't. It's buy green. It you, no. This is only for Bronco reservation holders to swap their order to this, which I don't think increases their chances of getting a car sooner. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So you can just so so if you already have a Bronco on order, you can choose to have a more expensive one on order now. Yes. <laughs> is basically what uh, you can do. I would probably do that because I think that looks really cool. I mean, if it comes winch. with all the kit on it, I get yeah. it. It's got the and stuff the I like, and it's green. Yeah, the green. snorkel. That's really the cool most important part. I, I would go for it. I just don't like the wheels, but I like that. What's the think... waiting depth of Bronco? Do we know this yet? If with the engine off, all you can give it. Okay. <laughs> with a winch, it's as deep as you need yep. it to go. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, we saw the Allen Man GT. That was nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. Copy of Shmi. Yep, he's he's bitter. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally rode in the Illuminator that we, me and Kyle have been following this thing around the entire country yeah, and finally got to ride in the F100 Illuminator, which was, I, I didn't realize till later on, it was really showcasing their new e-crate motor. So you can buy. Uh, yeah. How did we see this at like a million shows and not really get what it was about? They never said what it was about. They were just like, <laughs> look at this thing. And we're like, you cool, could have mock e inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an e crate motor, which is super cool. You can buy it off that your shelf. Cool. It's available online at FordPerformanceParts.com right now. Um, I was like, I could throw that in my Miata. <laughs> Same with your five second limitation at max power. Yeah. All Actually, the performance. I don't know that to be true. Don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> All the performance you could want. Um, but yeah, so this is pretty cool because it had it was still real, real drive though, right? It did a massive freaking burnout. We just yeah, roasted the tires on this thing, <laughs> and it was awesome. This is uh, yeah, it was rad. It was amazing to me, more so the integration of how they put in a hundred kilowatt hour battery pack in this thing. Stock Maki, everything is Maki shifter, screen, seats, it's all factory. We have a full video of it on out of spec reviews. And got to ride around in it at a maximum speed of about 25 miles an hour. Yes. And oh, yeah. The burnout, that's the more complete aspect of the That is. And Ford sourced this from an existing customer in Texas. They bought their old 78 F100 (laughs) and then did all this to it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Have you ever done a podcast since the Chicago Auto Show? 
No, no. We didn't have a crew. We didn't get to do a crew one last week. Targa Supra. If it just had a manual, I would already own it. Uh, EV. This was first. We just go back and say that that fixes everything with the Supra that I don't like. Yes, it's really good. Yeah. I really like that a lot, actually. Honestly, I'd take it with the automatic and be happy to be. got a great wing. I would still be happy with this, yeah. Um, Silver Auto EV, we finally saw it in person. 24 inch wheels. 24. Largest wheels on a production vehicle. Yeah, that's something else. Unbelievable. Is that a 24 inch wheel on this image we're looking at? The kind of swirly design? You know wow. what's amazing is we're talking about That's 24 inch huge. wheels, but it also has like a 200 plus kilowatt hour battery pack. It can tow 20,000 pounds when properly equipped, and it can charge it up to 350 kilowatts. Yeah. So it's wow. just a Hummer EV, but yeah, if you're EV less socially obnoxious. Yes, this is a way better Hummer EV, I, I think. I think this looks styling. actually this, really good. I yeah, love I the Avalanche look to it, which some people mm-hmm. don't. Uh, I know there's a lot of controversy around them making this unibody instead of body on frame. Um, but I think it it works. I mean, looks good. So, I don't know. Uh, and you can... That, that is just Hummer EV bits, right? Is it as big as Hummer EV? It's How not as wide, this? I don't think. No, no it's no. not but as... But it is like social. hefty. And you know? I don't know to, it to be true that it has the same battery pack because the specs for the Hummer EV battery pack were just released at like 240 kilowatt hour gross mm-hmm. and 213 oh usable, something like that. The pack weighs 3,000 pounds on <laughs> Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> not real lightweight. But, but that's, back to the Silverado. Not, that, that's unsafe to people in its vicinity, unfortunately. What I thought Can was you imagine when the first one of those burns? That's oh. going to be tough. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But I want to hear <laughs> more about it doesn't happen, Silverado. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so Silverado EV, they were so protective of this thing and they wouldn't let us near it because we had to get in line. But then for us to get in line, we couldn't film anything else at the show because everyone else was in line. And then when we did show up, when there was no line, the one person in the entire company who's allowed to open the doors was eating lunch. So <laughs> they had one person who was allowed, trained to open the door. Yes, trained to open the door. Can you imagine so, that? Yeah, but they have. But it nice... does have this cool bed pass through to the cab situation. Yeah, yeah the avalanche job security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think Man, it's, that guy they convinced just everyone. He was the only one qualified to do that job. Yeah, he was a cool Jeez. guy. I just, I just think it was quite silly that we're like, hey, we're here. Can we like film this thing? And then no one was around to say yes. <laughs> I really, I really, yeah, I really wish they had called this Avalanche because it doesn't look like the Silverado. I mean, this should have, yeah, should have been the Avalanche. Yep, that would have been cool. Silverado is a stronger. There's no, and they could have called it the Avalanche too. I mean, <laughs> right there, Avalanche. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Really walking through Lexus. What else do we see there? I really the, like this this setup. It was being towed by the new uh, Ooh, LX. The new, yeah. Yes, because Lexus has such a deep-rooted history in racing. <laughs> I know. I was like, driving. what? Uh, and then, of course, I just love this thing everywhere I see Ooh, it. Yeah. <laughs> the Toyo Concept LC500. Uh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can hear the exhaust note from here. EV9. I love seeing this thing. I don't yeah. know when they'll make it. but For our uh, listener audience, it's a box. 
it's just a box yeah, on it triangle looks wheels. like a boxier uh, <laughs> so you know what's funny about this is kind every car at the auto show we did a whole like hour-long tour we were checking yeah. to see if the caps were straight or not but since this one has triangle wheels you actually can't center them the caps <laughs> so they're are all triangular <laughs> that would yeah. kind of annoy me actually yeah it was odd it was fun though walking around seeing who actually centered their wheel caps. Ford centered oh, the logo, you mean? Yep. Yeah, the logo. Yep. Oh, so um, like they were they well, so there's orientations. Do you know if these brands have specific orientations or were they orienting them level when the car is level? Parked? Level. Ah, uh, because like I know Tesla and Porsche, well, Tesla used to care about this, they do not anymore. But the rule was <laughs> you had the bottom of the T or the bottom of the Porsche crest pointing towards the valve stem on the tire. On the wheel, uh, not oh, that. Remember that all pointed level. <laughs> not that. Okay, <laughs> so everyone's given up on that whole thing, yep. I guess, at this point. This thing was pretty wild to see. It's um, the new, basically M3 with every M performance parts and the ugliest exhaust system. I was going to say that exhaust is hideous. <laughs> yes, I really want to look at it. I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> then again, that's what the new M3 does. It makes you sick anyway. Just you like know it. what would have made me like it more if instead of at a diagonal angle, there are just two like vertical stacks. Like a quad square, like the Pagani, Pagani in the yeah. back. What was wrong yeah, with where they were? Good. So not only <laughs> do you, when you spec this exhaust, it's like seven grand. I'm just making up. No, it's got to oh, be expensive. It's got to be expensive. Then you got to spec the carbon rear uh, diffuser because that's the only diffuser that fits these tailpipes. <laughs> if you do that, you're going to have to spec the carbon side skirts to match. So right. yeah, of course. Um, here's the thing about the M3 though, and it might be controversial. I think it's the best looking bmw ever from the back mm. not this particular one but i love <laughs> okay. i can the back and, i can see because it's better general, than the uh, f80 i saw no, i think i liked f80 more the, the the rear fender flares were more aggressive looking to me i always because I, I back when i had my f80 m3 would always turn around and look at that car that was <laughs> that was almost perfection for a sedan oh yeah for sure mm-hmm the thing is nice. But then now they all just – now I get turned off every time I see one because they all have burble tunes and they're all farting going down the street. And they're all driven they by sound good. 18 – They all have Instagram tabs on the – Yeah. Uh, What's up with this? Every time I go by and I see an Instagram on the side of the car, I'm like, ugh, I do not want any part of that. <laughs> Especially if their username is like their car, like J-F-A-E-N-3. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it ha- it's the... on every single car. It really is. It's everywhere now. And it's on like pedestrian cars too. Like I guess I won't show you my Instagram tag on my name. <laughs> yeah, don't show us that. <laughs> uh, what was the least impressive car you saw at the auto show? Do we have a picture of it, Jordan? Uh, Presumably. Oh, they know. Be. They've agreed. I don't. <clears throat> oh, I don't... Subaru normally does a great job, but not this time. Did they not have that oh, crazy studio in. thing? No, the Super had a great course? had a great, yeah, great display. Great display, puppies, the whole bit. But they turned their wheels all the wrong way. So when you look at the car, you look at tire and not wheel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's weird. <laughs> yes, and they were all that way. <laughs> <laughs> like the new WRX was there. I'm assuming. Uh, yep. New WRX was there. Wheels the wrong way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but by the way, I still think the last gen STI is the best thing ever yes because the, the last one that they made up to 2021 
yep was still like perfect but the wheels those acid green brake calipers yep like the interior got actually pretty nice for what it was and for the money in reality it it. was a bargain because it was it never really changed in price it saved 40 grand the whole time for 12 years classy Uh, i believe the sti died when the hatch did Okay. And I will hold to that. <laughs> yeah, this this is what we're talking about. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's the wrong way for viewing purposes. Yeah. So I, I can maybe understand it with this display because it's like, oh, maybe it's you know drifting around this corner. But all their other cars were like this that were not looking at anything. Yeah, but this display didn't even have roadway the whole time. Yeah, it didn't. It, it was just kind of <laughs> kind of weird. Um, That's funky. But Subaru's display was great. So I don't know if we caught on film somewhere i thought we did the the fact that there's a chevy spark on display i thought was hilarious it's a little oh, bit like one? oh it's right there, was there that it is the right. Ooh, it's miami blue it yep. was wonderful it's the last <laughs> new spark i think i'll ever have the opportunity to sit in it had 50 miles on it yeah because they've just wow. continued it but it was still here and it was hidden behind this wall <laughs> on the other side of this wall is the silverado ev so they hid it in the back corner of their display they're like right hopefully no one sees balance. this yeah. yeah by the way does anyone know like when's the last time you've seen a new malibu <laughs> i don't know or I mean, is I've it an impala it forget though. that they still make the malibu or impala whichever it's called now we saw a lot yeah, of they make both old malibus know. in chicago i don't know Anyway, Chicago Auto Show. We were in Chicago. It was cold. I hate Chicago. It was, Uh, but the cars were fun. The people were great. Yeah. Did you have deep dish pizza? We We did, did. and it was pretty uh, seven out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, it's no New York style or Connecticut style. Oh, comparing to New York, it's like a two out of (laughs) ten. I agree. You're one camp or the other. So, and And you and me are from New England. Yeah, how it is. So after the Chicago Auto Show, I went home, picked up a Land Rover Defender. I'll tell you about that in a second. But Jordan, you went crazy. Yeah, I let's see. What did I do? Oh, I yeah. basically waited for about 24 hours till Ahmad showed up, my friend. So I went to you know Chinatown, whatever you do in Chicago. And then Ahmad showed up Wait, the next they're day. They're known for their pho. Did you get good pho? I uh, actually did ramen. They're known for good ramen. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, better. I got ramen and boba, and both were probably the best I've ever had in my life. So good experience um nice. yep and then uh yeah a lot of asian people are very outgoing which i love like i feel like too many americans just keep to themselves i was just sitting in this ramen or this boba shop editing my road trip video and this little girl walks up and she's like trying to understand what the heck i'm doing and i'm trying to explain how video editing works and she's like trying to understand it it was so <laughs> wild but the next day Ahmad, my friend flew up to green bay from dallas um, to buy his EV6 or take delivery of an EV6. He finally found one at MSRP, no markup whatsoever, uh, which was great. And it's a wind all-wheel drive edition. And so we took that. He picked picked the car up and then drove down, picked me up in Chicago because I was on his direct route home. And then we drove a 1,000 miles to Dallas on with an EV6, which was interesting because it was my first CCS road trip and his first EV experience ever, just at all. So... He had never even driven a Tesla. I mean, he just sat in a Tesla once. I think I took him around in Kyle's one time, but that was, yeah. So that was, that was pretty interesting. Got to spend a lot of time with the EV6 and I, I really am conflicted on what I like more, Anik 5 or EV6. I think it depends on the trim level, honestly. Um, <clears throat> mid-spec, I would go EV6. High-spec, I would go Anik 5. But uh, it's, a, it's a great car. It was super comfortable and interesting 
you know, raw road trip charging experience. Um, technically every single, well, there's a couple of EA chargers that like weren't working, but we never had to like leave an EA charging location to go find a different one. Um, and there was also the learning curve with how, you know, I knew that you can tell at the top of the charger what number it is, but it's not very obvious. And I had even forgotten that initially because I just, yeah, I well, was can like, can you explain a little bit? Because our audience may never have never used this before. Yeah. So on the top of an EV, of an Electrify America charger is almost like a VIN, like just a string of characters. And at the very end, you'll see dash zero one, zero two, zero. It's a serial number of yeah. location. And then there's a, a, a number after a hyphen that indicates the charger number at that particular installation. Yep. Which I had known that. And then I guess I had gone almost a year without using CCS. So I forgot. And then Ahmad was like, yeah, I can't get it to work on my phone. Like he was trying to activate the charger from his phone. And he was looking at the little number next to the charge handle, which I didn't realize this, but I was like, wait, that's really intuitive. That's how it should be. Uh, but that's only how they say, you know, they basically have one and two on each unit. So finally, uh, a little bit later, we were like, oh, wait, he was, he was like, yeah, this one's on the app says it's 150, but we're plugged into a 350. And that's when it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, we're doing this all wrong. So then it worked fine. Um, although we had a couple of issues with like 150. We had a 150 that was only giving us 50 kilowatts and it wasn't cold. Um, and then we switched to another 150 and then it gave us 150 kilowatts. So just issues with their charging speed, honestly, but no actual charger outages. But that wasn't very common that you ran into that. You had a lot of charging speed issues but not because of Electrify America. No, most of our charting speed issues were just directly related to the cold. It was 10 degrees when we left Chicago. And so very, very cold, not great in our efficiency and obviously not great with charging. Uh, Of course, the next day, as we got closer to Texas, charging was a lot better. Um, Although then we got into Francis Energy in Oklahoma, which... You know, you know, if if you take like Ahmad took his EV6 to Electrify America 150 station and it was pulling 175, easy. Um, but then we go to like a 200 kilowatt um, Francis charger and it'll max out at like 175, so it like undercuts it. And yeah, then, so basically those chargers are probably rated at a thousand volts, mm-hmm. 200 kilowatt would be my guess. Yeah. I don't know though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not positive. And we we checked all, all around Oklahoma, just clicked on random chargers on their app, which their app is not very great to check charger speed. You have to like do three or four clicks in each station to find the actual charging rate of the charger. But everyone we checked was 200s. So we we're like, okay, that's great. Well, I guess we're not getting that Francis Energy sponsorship we were banking on then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which was actually something we were working with them with. But now if it doesn't actually work, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I was very hyped to use them because you had a good experience. And it could just be yeah. that we were on a slightly, it was still a relatively major route, but not the major but route. route doesn't determine chargers. It, it charges shouldn't. a charger. Yeah, the only thing where they might be derated is in small towns. They may not have the power available to the units. Yeah, so and then our last charging stop, yeah, we went to uh, actually one charger just didn't work at all. We we tried all four stations and none of them would work. And then we tried calling them and just voicemail. It was like you had reached the voicemail of. A, I was like, this is like someone's personal voicemail. And it was the number on the machine. Jordan, I don't think so. We we talked about on your trip, you had a lot of cold weather related issues. What mm-hmm. do you think would have made the trip 
better. What would you recommend that Kia does to, to improve their car? Definitely just battery preconditioning that. So not even route planning. Did you find the lack of route planning not helpful? Uh, that would have been, that would have been convenient, but we used a better route planner.com, whatever the website is, uh, which which worked pretty much the Mm -hmm. same way. Um, and I, I think I, I like the like Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, just fine. So it's like if we're already using that, I'm fine with using our phones to do the route planning. Um, but it's really difficult in that scenario because for preconditioning, the car would need, you need to the have car nav. Yeah, the car yeah, nav, yeah. which then you can't use Apple Maps if it's yeah. plugged in. So that's yeah. I if there was some way to like fully integrate that, that would be perfect. But if if we would use the car one hands down, if it had preconditioning, like we would have done anything to be preconditioned, um, which yeah, we you were could only getting 70 kilowatts when you were plugging in, which is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. There, it would, it would like kind of get up to a hundred every once in a while, but it was never really above 60 or 70. And what's the so, car rated for Two thirty-five, right? Yeah. So, so you're is not, it not even preconditioned getting... at all with the built-in navigation then? Nope. Or would that have helped that trip? Do we no, think? it makes no difference. The only really? thing so it, it has no preconditioning. The winter mode nope. thing. Winter mode would be the only thing, but no one's convinced truly what it even does yet. Yeah, we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so it's Did you drive with winter mode on or reason. off? Out of curiosity, we drive with winter mode on, which the winter mode thing okay. says it should improve the battery performance in winter. Yeah, yeah. That's which would make it yeah. charge better and it would yeah. be more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it didn't help charging or efficiency. But also, I think there were some other issues here, which you kind of knew what to do. But Ahmad was a new owner of the car too, and like you got to stomp this thing to warm it up. Like a couple (laughs) hard accelerations is not going to do anything. Like you got to drive the crap out of it. What you really should have done was charged it up a lot longer at the first initial charging stop, and then just wailed on that thing for like. Two hours, like wide open, full region, wide open, full region, like to the point where you're puking. And then it probably (laughs) could have kept itself kept itself warm the rest of the trip. Yeah. But then you stayed Mm -hmm. in a hotel without a charger. Everyone gave you crap for it in the video. Yep. That was was dumb. (laughs) I did see that. That yeah. That so my vote was to stay in St. Louis, but he really wanted to get as far as possible and do a much shorter drive the next day. And so Mm -hmm. that left like a weird three hour like we either Cape Girardeau. Yeah. So all the hotels. EV TV is in Cape Girardeau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, so that, that was our preference, but there were no hotels in the range that we were looking to stay. So we did find a hotel right next to EA. So we just. You should have charged there. it at night and yeah. then went to bed. Should have charged it at yeah. night, but we got That's there. Road with... tripping 101. Yeah. Well, first, first road trip ever for us. So <laughs> that's a learning curve. It so is. It you was made it. You made it. It was. It was a genuinely good raw first yeah, impression. It definitely video. was. Um, it was interesting to me because um, a lot of these, uh, like, like we talk about charging curves and all this stuff, and like, so my impression is, okay, you are insanely tech focused. You got it down, no question. Like you're good to go. Same with Ahmad. He's tech focused. He's got an, I don't know, this foldable phone thing I've never seen. Like you guys are not <laughs> normal. You're you're the one percent nerds. Mm-hmm. And even you had issues figuring out what charger to activate and potentially why is the car derating and troubleshooting and not charging at hotels. But that's just pure stupidity, not because you're nerds. It just really <laughs> seemed like 
a really interesting glimpse into how nuanced EV road tripping is and how early days this really is. Yeah, which is funny because it doesn't feel like it should be early days because there's so many EVs out and about now. Um, We saw a few, you know, we saw Rivian and Amaki at one charging spot. That was fun to talk to them. And um, that that was, though, the annoying thing, I think, was just the, the location of the chargers. Every single charger, we had to, like, walk half a mile to find food. And if it's 10 degrees, it's terrible. And it was just, and even, I, we, I didn't, I never knew this because, or I never noticed because I always went to EA at Walmarts during the day. We were hitting a lot of the Walmart EAs after like 10 PM. So their one They're door is locked and it's always the door close to the EA state, the charger. <laughs> so we had to walk all the way to the other side. We were like, this is so dumb. <laughs> well, I remember road tripping during COVID times when everyone imagined that you would only get COVID at night. So they would shut down their stores or something stupid like that. And so basically I would road trip and then you'd be in the middle of a parking lot with nothing you can do. Yeah. And I remember once I got to a parking lot in the middle of the night with a flat tire and a Porsche Taycan. And uh, this was right before our cannonball. And I had to sneak into a Walmart that was closing purchase a tire thing they were trying to kick me out i'm like please let me give you money for this like my car is broken <laughs> and it's like not later. it's like 8 30 or 9 o'clock at night or something i don't actually remember and uh yeah the, the patch didn't work i had to stay overnight anyway but basically <laughs> this was this was very awkward and you know for ea it was very easy to partner with walmart i imagine because they mm-hmm. said here we got the power we're a big store we got the parking spaces we got a restroom and something for your people to do and what i think uh, there was a missed opportunity, perhaps, you know, they had to get all these things installed really quickly. So, I mean, how much can you really fault them? I don't know. But like, yeah. Jordan, you were, you were even saying, I'm fine with a Walmart if there's nothing else in town, yeah. right? If there's no Target, if there's no shopping center, if there's nothing like this, because in a lot of places, the only thing that is there is a Walmart in many parts mm-hmm. of the country. And I'll take a Walmart over the middle of nowhere, yeah. but mm-hmm. I would much rather have anything else. Every possible. every single stop, it felt like we were exiting the highway, driving two miles off the highway, passing locations that we were like, that would be a great charger, that would be a great charger, that would be a great charger. And then we get to a Walmart with nothing around it. It's like, this is <laughs> just not, not great. Our best charging experience was the Electrify America that was at a Casey's gas station. That was hands down the best. I've been to that one before, and w- which was great because that was actually one of my best EA charging stops too. Because <laughs> you know when you pointed at that field when you were leaving and you yep. like read the sign? Yep. In that sign was a classic car show. So I plugged <laughs> in in the Kona Electric years ago, back when EA wow. was brand new, and went to a car show, which was <laughs> really neat. Wow. And yeah. Mike, you have a CCS car, and Ben, you have a CCS car. Mm-hmm. So have you used uh, the CCS infrastructure much around where you are? Yeah, uh, I've used, used it on the Mini of... once at a Walmart. That was it. Otherwise, at the Mini, I, no, it was the Target. At home. Was it a Target? I don't know. Yeah, we went to a more premium EA station. Oh, oh yeah, it was a Target. Yeah, we can carry. It's a nice area. That so was our first. Walmart. That was our first EA was at a Target, and we walked in. We were like, "Ah, oh, this is luxury." Went to the Chip and Joe section, <laughs> looked at all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, yeah. like, just from being in in road tripping, like EA stations at a Sheets. I know Tesla usually has supercharged at Sheets, but like that nice. would make a lot of sense if you could get even just like three or four of them next to the Tesla stalls. You know, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. 
Because Sheets is a great spot for a charger. Site selection's really tough, but Tesla's really done a great job with this. Yeah, yeah. When you roll up to superchargers, yeah. they're always, I don't want to say always, because some... Uh, we've been to a couple on the Eastern to Coast some, that are questionable at night. But it's, that it one seems just north of Florida effort. that's not lit <laughs> at all in that mall? It's uh, like under the... It was somewhere in Florida, I think. There's no no lights. It's the back corner of the mall, and it was under like tree cover. So it was even darker at night. I don't remember it, but it sounds about right. Even the Raleigh supercharger at night's a little weird. Yeah, it is. It does because it's on the back side of the. Uh, yeah, it's in the, the target. It's just, yeah, it's like you know my biggest issue with EV road tripping, and this is the case for every automaker and every charging network is there's no emergency release for the handle. And so I think there's a few like major glaring issues to me that maybe it's because I'm used to this and I've been road tripping EVs for as long as I can remember at this point. Ben, you remember when before CCS was really a thing, just when CCS mm-hmm. was going in, we drove an early I3 across North Carolina to go to the Dragon and it took 15 hours. <laughs> it took 15 hours to do a four <laughs> and a half hour drive, I think, yeah. <laughs> so like this, that it's a lot better than it was back then. It but Oh, it's so much better. Still, we like, had to use almost the entire battery to go up off our route to charge, and then use almost the entire battery to go back down on the route. But you couldn't <laughs> actually make that gap. It was like seventy-five miles or something that we couldn't do. But we had if we went sixty miles out of the way twice, we could yes. technically cover the distance. And we did that, and then which was even dumber as we had the little fuel range extension. We had a wreck in that out. car. You just yeah. didn't want to we use it. Yeah, you were trying it. to not use it. It was right. the principle of the this. Is before we were YouTubing, but that would have been a great YouTube. That would have been an amazing video. The yeah. comments would have been amusing to read. But I wish we could have rest. documented what that was like because that was early days. This was like when the first Tritium CCS 50 kilowatt chargers yeah. were going in. Yeah, the They're really the screaming early ones. ones. And uh, we <laughs> went to one, we were like, wow, we've never seen one of these. And it was like, it was so nice because it had a solar panel above it, which actually is still a nice thing these days. But it was in this, it was an electric co-op, I think Lenore. Or Lenore yeah, Lenore, Lenore, North Carolina. Lenore, yeah. something like that, yeah. North Carolina. And I think we walked down a busy street, like yes, a, for mile a mile to the nearest gas station to like get a water and a yes. mile back. And there's no sidewalks and we're on the side of this like sketchy, <laughs> sketchy road. But that but, uh, was the fun. That was the early days. I mean, this is, I don't oh, know, yeah. but really enjoyed that stuff. And now it's like, okay, we've, we've sort of progressed from that, but now there's some glaring issues where on multiple charging providers, even Tesla, you could just walk up to a car and hit the handle and stop charging. Or you can just touch a screen on some of these screen ones and stop charging. And if someone walks up to you and tries to rob you, which by the way, remember Burlington Tesla supercharger? There was this yeah, there one guy who kept there. mugging and robbing Tesla owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't leave. Like you're plugged <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. You're plugged in. Fair, you can't put it in drive. To be fair, you you shouldn't leave at a gas station. I mean, you could, but you it's could. not ideal. The car is going to let you put the thing in drive, floor it, it blow that place up, and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, this is a edge case we don't necessarily need to worry about as much. I think a better solution is just putting them in safer areas. No, was, I think I think it's going to be an issue. I think it's going to increasingly be more of an issue as people realize, hey, there's people with money, typically without, you know, return fire capabilities. It's not true. generalizing. Liberals here. aren't big gun owners. I will admit. Uh, it's, okay, uh, not there you go. So us. typically, although some might. 
and uh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah seriously yeah I, I have no problem we'll go right at it let's do it but yeah. here's the thing like that's sketchy it's it's both the locations it. are a lot of it though because i mean so many of the stops that we have had are great and i want to just touch on that point you're talking about location selection uh you know ea rolled out really quickly and so they picked you know partners like walmart and target and things like that What's amazing is actually, in hindsight, how Tesla managed to build this network they have currently with individual stores and individual like mall owners and stuff. You know, you're not with, you're not following this nationwide company where you've got a, a partnership with. That's kind of uh, really shocking that the supercharging team at the time had the bandwidth for that. And it also explains why some things took like three and a half years to get built, but yeah. <laughs> do you remember the early days like we would like see a tesla supercharger go in and then it would wait for permitting and like they did the reverse <laughs> and so oh man i loved it so much that was such a great time and now i feel like i so i had a conversation with the ceo of a major european charging company today um for a podcast a, a competitor podcast to ours so i won't mention them i'm just joking it's the inside of these podcasts <laughs> and um it's starting to become a business case, DC fast charging. We're on the edge good. of it. I don't think in the US. In Europe, sure. But um, Europe, yeah, yeah we, we're starting to see it. Now, the big question is, in the middle of the country at Walmarts, typically where I would say crime rate seems to be higher um, you know, in certain areas, is safety enough of a factor to move a station somewhere else? I don't I know. I think if it impacts customer experience enough, they would consider it, obviously. I mean- Okay. Tesla has done this. We know that for a fact in North Carolina, yep. there's a station that was not meeting owner experience. Well, can we just say they would sue you if you used their bathroom? Yes, they wanted to sue anyone who used their restroom, which is quite good. <laughs> it was uh, a until, until allegedly one person we knew said, what are you going to make me do, pee on your floor? And I believe threatened and might have followed through to do that from the sound of things. It was a, so. it, the police were involved. We're not going to yes. comment on the situation. <laughs> but, but she is a hero for that. Yeah, I agree. She was badass. She was <laughs> awesome. But the thing was that became the elusive secret supercharger. Off map, but worked. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. That it was, was so my awesome. secret to getting to Wilmington before Wallace was installed. So Warsaw came offline. They left the thing plugged in for the, all the OG owners. And anytime yeah. you had to go to like Newburn or something, I remember I had to take a Model X to Newburn once and I had to stop there. And I pulled in with like two miles and you would never have any idea if today's the day they're ripping it out. <laughs> yeah, you, you could never plan it was there. Like you could go to Wilmington for a weekend and come back and it could have been gone. You know, yep. it was on that level. And remember what, there was a big storm once and we knew some people with a Model X 60D who had to tow their horses from a hurricane Yes. And yeah, we're like, we had you have call. to go to the supercharger. <laughs> we don't know if it'll work. <laughs> we, we actually, uh, Porsche, uh, Tesla's charging uh, like program team was helpful because they said they could. They promised that would be active during that like evacuation period during the hurricane. Yeah. What an nice. interesting time. I mean, we really that that was. I, and I, I uh, and that, you know what. Shout out to uh, Triangle Tesla owners uh, for getting that word out to the community so that they knew they could take their cars with them on the uh, evacuation. That's gotta be that was one a of the really best. good grassroots thing. 
that's one of the best Tesla owner groups. Zeb's done an amazing job with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been to a lot of different Tesla owner meetups and groups, and a lot of them are going for this, like, I'm showing off my new lighted subwoofer installation and look at my, you know, bagged Model 3. But the thing that I like about the Triangle Tesla group is you could pull up there with a Taycan, you could pull up there with an EV6 or whatever, and they're just enthusiasts. They're tech enthusiasts. And mm-hmm. I really, I love all the people in that group. I think it's the best owner base in, in the country. Very good. And maybe I'm just biased because they're friends of mine. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's certainly a good community. I, I've seen some little bits and pieces of some other owners groups where it's just like, who has the flashiest expensive wrap? And it's sort of like this, you know, oh, you don't have autopilot as if that's a bad thing because that was the OG Tesla right there. That's kind of cool and honestly should be. We should have a, we should do a podcast just on the early days of Tesla as we experienced God, it. Yeah. We it really was such should. an amazing time. I was thinking the same thing. Company for you guys. And like as an enthusiast. It was a good time to be there. Products. It was exciting. Like Model X 90 trying to get that places on 22 inch wheels. Ben, like, I, I know saw, fun challenge. Ben, I saw your old Model X because there must only be one in the world set this way. But <laughs> I couldn't quite get a yes. picture. But it had the trailer hitch in it too with the, the ball. And it was Model X in titanium, uh, seven seat um, uh, on tan with black 22s and the hitch and the active spoiler. Oh, we, I think when we, when I got that car, I think we were looking and there was like, no match like, for it. I think yeah, yeah I think very, that could have been it. Especially when you factor an actor spoiler, because that was done for not you even. You have to call year. the guy you sold it to, see where it is. It's uh it's on Colorado his, plates. I saw it here in town. The, you know his lease ended about a year ago. Yeah, or so, so it's gotta be it somewhere. It's yeah. and it's not somewhere. I think they got a model Y, so it is somewhere. Uh, model X VIN number uh Anyone, if you know who has it, I'd love to hear how it's doing. (laughs) And I'd love to know what warranty work has happened in between my and your current. Because it went through a lot of their mind as well. Um, A seat, a drive unit, uh, to name a few. Door. Full cooling door, air conditioning. Uh, That's right, the air conditioning broke out. It failed on on 100 degree day. On the hottest day ever. (laughs) Yeah, and and, uh, Model X is not a great car to have an air conditioning failure in during the summer because the windshield, while it does have tinting, you notice it the second the AC cuts out pretty quick. (laughs) And it was really hot and muggy. That that was a terrible We were taking it to the track, I think, too, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I think we shouldn't comment on that. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's talk about what else we did sorry to derail your ev6 road trip jordan no that's all right i, I mean yeah i got iced that was funny so that's the last oh, nice. <laughs> wow. our listening audience a plow plowed up snow in front of the chargers and iced them which was really funny because there was so many other places the snow could have been so it's like yeah he probably did it on purpose this yeah. always <laughs> happens at the whiteville west virginia supercharger at that holiday every yes. time i've been there in yep, the winter i it's totally like... agree I'm backing up a Model X up on the snowbank to try and get it plugged in. Well, really quick, let's talk about before we go Defender because that's something fresh yeah. on my mind too. Because we just spent some time with that yesterday as of recording this, and we had the discovery last podcast. We talked about having that. Um, so having them so close together, Kyle, do you still have that love for the Defender? Yes. <laughs> that was a dumb question. Super dumb question. Uh, but this was an interesting spec because it was all like. Wait, this was the worst spec, actually. Interesting, but worst, yes. <laughs> it's just, I was going to say, yeah, like, was, it just, was it just all 
I mean, it's just all white. It had nothing, not basically, exciting. but that's not the issue. It's like, so it had cooled seats, sunroof, and the extra cooler in the back, and they sent mm-hmm. it to in the middle of winter to Colorado. And it had none of the, like, hardcore off-roading things. And no heated steering wheel, no heated windshield, <laughs> no cold weather pack. No respect, but, too, but even no a Defender door. with none of that stuff will still do almost anything you throw at it. Realistically. Yeah, it, it got, got me to work just fine two miles down the pavement. Jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> would have done that too in more comfort. How, how did it handle the, the really technical stuff like the Starbucks drive through Yeah, so so the 360 cam came in, in clutch when I was really getting okay. the tire right up on the curve, mm-hmm. the curb there. But I really yeah. wish it had trail turn assist because it's quite a long wheelbase. <laughs> yeah, no, no brake fade uh, in the stop and go, you know, from the order window to the pickup window. Great right? cup holders, though, for the Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> Very good Starbucks cup holders. Um, so what's interesting is I booked this Land Rover and I asked for it because I was like, oh, the Defender, I want to see the new screen. Let me see all the new stuff. I know. Yeah. And then it shows up and it's like, <laughs> oh, we've already had a 2021 Defender 110 with the P400 engine. That was all the off-roady stuff and none of the hot weather stuff. And then I'm like, what do we do with this? Because we had that back when this vehicle was brand new. So we did everything with it. I did all the driving stuff. We did MPG testing. We did all of it. This did have the off-road tires on it though, which was cool. And um, so I was like, I, I genuinely don't know what we, we've done everything. <laughs> like, why is this here? And so we made some cool TikToks and we did, we're doing like a buyer's guide for the Defender. Which won't help you because you can't buy one anyway. <laughs> it's the hypothetical buyer's guide. I guess but it's just an amazing car. There is nothing is. that comes close to this because it's premium adventure, but not pretentious. So it's not a Range Rover where you're like, oh, that guy just bought it because it's a Range Rover. You went out of your way to buy arguably the less comfortable one to go more off-road. And the only thing that's in this category is a Rivian R1S or R1T. Mm-hmm. Adventure vehicles are, I mean, I, you could say Forerunner TRD Pro, nope. and premium kind of adventure. stuff like that, but they're not as nice. They're not premium. They suck to be yeah. in. The interior suck. They drive like crap. They have no power. Even this Bronco is kind of an unpleasant road to go in experience. Bronco's not premium. Day. This is a whole nother level. And I so want we, one. So I, I, did, I was doing research for this buyer's guide that we're putting together, and it sounds like you can't even, they're not even bringing any four cylinders in this year. Like no allocation for the U.S. market. Wow. And uh, there's my friend is actually in the market for one of these. So she was down in, in t- she lives in Tampa and she was looking at a Land Rover dealer and there's $20,000 markup for God. every single one on the lot. And then it's like, if you want to order one, you're into 2020, end of 23. Probably. Yep. Just I'd- not. I mean, I don't even know if that buyer's guide is useful. Cause we're like, here's everything you should get, which you can't. Sorry. You can't. Got, yeah. Sure got me thinking. So here's my land. Over you're right one here. of the six people who have snagged an allocation. <laughs> $80,000. You are out of your mind. Uh, no, it's not even a V8. I put everything I, I want on this thing. The V8 starts at a hundred grand, I think. But you didn't get a contrasting roof color. Yeah. Nope. So you, automatically so it's not a defender it's not a defender unless it has a contrasting <laughs> roof sorry you need the white roof but ben remember on 2021 models because i was actually very close to ordering one of these yeah, uh, yeah back then and so we were going through how do i spec this and ended up waiting and then going with the revel which was a great decision i think but um back when when i was looking at buying one of these you could not get an se 
with the white roof. You remember that, Ben? No, yeah, you were forced to get a black roof. Yeah, there's some weird they trim level things on Land Rovers where I think Land Rover just needs to fully commit to the Porsche model, which yes. is don't bother with trims and you just make everything optional. And I get that, like, there's this image of doing that, which is like, wow, they're gonna make me pay for everything, but like just let me make pay for everything and then have what I want instead of make me have to make a compromise from one trim level to another to try and get the right totally agree. color or combination like, or there are like multiple interior color palettes that we liked that you couldn't do with this or that or the other because like here's a good example level separated i was building out a plug-in hybrid range rover the other day yes again so was that i would actually buy mm -hmm. that's my that's right up my alley i'm a range rover guy i'd rather have a defender but the plug-in hybrid sucks so like here that you get a bit of electric driving uh, you cannot spec the good sound system, the big one, unless you get like an autobiography, which you can't get in the plug-in hybrid. No, nope. it has to be short wheelbase. So it's impossible to get the good sound system in the one you want, which is but like you get that like eight hundred ish watt. Meridian yeah, but it's not the twenty two hundred one. That's like blow your eardrums out one. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know the that the, this new one's not good. I don't the care. It's not the best River audio system <laughs> is not going to leave someone feeling like they're having a poor experience. I, I would think about it every time I twist the volume knob. This is not the good sound system. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always get the max sound system in whatever I order. And but I to me, gold. And I listen, and I, I keep it off every time I drive the car. But I listen. <laughs> when I do listen to it, I do crank it, though. You really should. They're usually worth it. Other than the Honda Accord, not worth it. Yeah, but the, our Model 3, by the way, I know you guys don't have yours anymore, but after the recent software update is a Amazing. concert now. I've heard it's, it's a lot good. better, actually. Incredible. Yeah. I, oh, love uh, I drove Model S Plaid again recently just because you can remind they're available. What'd you uh, think? And I, well, at 30% state of charge, not impressive at all. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. Um you mean like not impressive at all compared to it fully charged, but still a rocket ship? I know. I find it hard to believe it wouldn't it, be fast. Honestly, <laughs> it felt inconsistent at times. Like it felt like it was going to give it, it gave really good, like 60 mile an hour runs. But like if you're on the highway, it just didn't really feel like it had a lot. Like it's interesting how it, it loses that like unrelenting power at speed more so than zero to 60, it felt like, which huh. was kind of odd. Uh, and then I, I had an owner who shared their Taycan Turbo S with me. Uh, and that car was at like 80 miles projected remaining. So that's, I don't know, 40% probably. And uh, that thing ripped pretty good. And uh, I think it launches more violently. Okay, it's not faster, obviously. We'll but uh, I think that'd be a good thing to measure. <laughs> like just the jerk factor of the G-Force is interesting. Because the Tesla does it really right? smoothly, which is kind of fun. But also, like, the Taycan Turbo S launch is sort of like you're getting rear-ended. No one can beat rough. Tesla's drivetrain tuning. No. Yeah, they've opinion. really smoothed it out at this point. It's insanely magical. Um, cool. What Even in my Taycan, I noticed, like, creeping on a kind of steep hill. Like, if there's a wall here and I want to creep up close to it, it's kind of hard. It wants to go into hold mode. and kind yeah, of it does this thing where the brake pedal isn't so immediate at low speed either. I mean, you come off and it, and then you're like, on the brakes. Yeah, it's. I wish it didn't have creep almost, so that it could be fully precise with it. Uh, small it thing because you don't run into it all that often, but it's interesting to see those tuning differences. 
and also is like much smoother overall in every other area. So it's kind of how they've, you know, I think Tesla really calibrated a car perfectly for LA traffic where you, you, know that, you need that smoothness. So I went up to this really secretive, cool winter test facility in Northern upper peninsula of Michigan, looking at Canada right on the border. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were, you know, they have these, these banks that are, that are split mu. So you have, you know, pavement on one side, ice on the other. And then they have another one that is pavement, ice, pavement going up. And I was like, why would you care about that? And then it occurred to me in a dual motor, all wheel drive system where the primary drive is connected and the secondary drive is disconnected like the, like EV6 and Ionic 5, it has to even under creep connect the front motor. And so the Magna invited me up there. They're a great company. They, um, cre they, they make the front motor for the Volkswagen ID4 all wheel drive. And so we jumped in one of those and we put it in creep and climbed this crazy incline and the front motor ran over, didn't kick on because we're still rear wheel drive on concrete. As soon as the rear wheels hit instantly front motor connected and then just kept the exact same torque load pulling us forwards. It was so impressive. And it's something I've and never really thought about before. When you say connected, is there, is does it decouple like with a clutch pack? Yeah, not in the ID4, it, but it does shift on and off because it's an asynchronous uh, induction motor. Oh, so it, it's just a sleep. It's not. I, and, yeah. uh, ID, not ID4, sorry, the Ionix Ionic 5. Ionic 5 and the EV6, it physically disconnects with a clutch. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, which is they that also one of the make only a EVs? No, Tycon. That does that? I Tycon guess technically Tycon does it for the rear motor, but and there will be more because Magna is now offering a disconnecting permanent magnet solution or a torque sleep induction motor. Very fascinating. Yeah, so be, so we're going to see a lot more day. stuff with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was really been cool. very much a dual. Well, they've done a permanent magnet in the rear or as the primary drive typically, mm -hmm. and they're kind of just moving that around and having one of each. Well, they used right. to have two induction motors back but, in the day. Yeah, so the, with two permanent magnet motors, you need the clutch because that's the only way to yeah. get efficiency. There's no torque sleep on those motors. Right, because it's, it, the, the magnets, the rare earth magnets are in the rotor, and so they're always excited, permanently excited. Uh, and then you need to apply torque to smooth them out, or you just disconnect the whole thing. So that's mm -hmm. the way to, to do it. Um, so went up there, drove a Model S prototype from 2015 that was a three-motor car. Really cool, good drivetrain tuning. This was not for Tesla. This was for them to showcase their drivetrain technology. Have a whole video of that up there. It was amazing. And then also drove this truck called uh, the uh, Intelligent Force E-beam axle thing. And Rolls right off the tongue. Yep. <laughs> but uh, so they're they're, they're very presenting cool their rear axle, which is made for body-on-frame non-independent suspension, you know, real heavy duty truck stuff. Yeah. You basically slap in uh, and, and handle consistent towing under, um, you know, sort of constant high, high throttle loads without derating. So really impressive, heavy duty powertrain option. Uh, it was hard to really evaluate the motor and its performance since we were at a winter testing facility on ice, <laughs> but did a lot of drifting and that was fun. Useful. <laughs> Yep. That's an interesting product because if you know if you take looking at a solid axle that you can just bolt into a truck, it's not so much for a consumer pickup truck as all those like delivery vans you see and like a ambulances, whatever it is. There's so many things that are built on these heavy duty truck platforms that you can yep. theoretically so easily at, electrify. 
potentially well, upfitters like a company like Lightning E Motors might yeah. use this solution. Uh, but but also the the OEMs, you know, eventually probably GMC, Ford, Ram are going to offer a heavy duty city EV truck, garbage trucks, etc. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this app is designed for. Food trucks should be electric. This is anything a good idea. heavy and that goes <laughs> around the city, which most heavy things are not going long distance unless you're talking no. semis. And yeah. so it's the perfect solution. It's the right product at the right time. And I was really lucky to meet all the engineers who worked on it, who were all awesome dudes. And we, they are, they know their stuff. We nerded out. We talked about everything and um, had such a great time ripping with the, with the driving engineers. We had, it was so funny. Uh, you know, they, they, I don't think they expected media to like know how to drive or anything. So they're like, here's what we're doing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thanks so much. And then they, we were just like ripping all day. It was a, the best thing ever. <laughs> so much fun it's like the grandfather of the model s plaid so what kind of tires were on these cars uh each one had different the id4 was just stock pro s all-wheel drive i think they literally bought on the volkswagen dealer on the way up there and <laughs> <laughs> that's what they did with most of these things actually like all of their demonstrator vehicles were showcasing their technology like they make the gm transfer case that has four-wheel drive high four-wheel drive auto and so we talked a lot about how they do their four-wheel drive auto tuning. Uh, and basically, I didn't know this, but you know, if you get into a Suburban or any whatever GM truck, the way they tune their front to rear torque distribution is so if you're sliding, you can neutral steer it and still continue on the same radius. So ah, very rear. Wow, well, cool. How about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, Magna designed for Matic and X-Drive, so they know a thing or two about this mm-hmm. stuff. And so... I was just blown away by the whole experience. I will say, though, it took three days of traveling for 10 minutes in the truck I was supposed to drive. <laughs> it was actually nine minutes, of return. but whatever. Wow. Well, uh, we're a bit, little bit over time, but definitely worth it. Um, we didn't get to talk about the Maverick much, although we haven't spent much time with it. But spoiler alert, it's really good. And so t- stay tuned for the, the Maverick next, hybrid. Look, next... the lights are telling Kyle it's time to leave. Yeah, I got to go to the airport. Kyle's got to catch a flight. Late. Yeah, you need um, to go. But yeah, we'll have more on the Maverick later. And be sure to check out all of our videos on out-of-spec reviews and the road trip and out-of-spec motoring. Uh, lots of fun stuff over there. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining. And we'll catch you all next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.